Welcome to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. You're listening to Alternative Talk, AM 1150. And I'm joined today in the booth with some a two-legged and some four-legged guests as well. We don't usually have dogs with us in the booth, but Dr. Nels Rasmussen is back with us today. Hi, Dr. Nels. Hello, good to see you. You too. And uh, we're here with uh, three of my dogs who are... Um, We'll be enjoying um, some treatments from Dr. Nels with his um, best practices, which, and what does that, that's an acronym, B-E-S-T. Bioenergetic Synchronization Technique. So it's, you know, hard to explain, certainly for me, what exactly you're doing. Right now he's working on my little dachshund, Leia, who is 12 years old, uh, almost 12 years old, and um, as a dachshund especially, but and also as an older dog, every once in a while she gets a little bit of a tweaked back. And um, you've been on the show before, Dr. Nels, and have treated her, and it's just amazing how really pretty much immediately afterwards she's back to normal. You right, know? I yeah. can I can tell when she gets painful because she will hesitate to go upstairs or when she's visiting my mom, like she doesn't play with her toys, you know, she doesn't beat up on the toys like she normally does right? and that kind of thing. So I can tell based off of her behavior that she's being a little hesitant or feeling a little bit uncomfortable. And that's when I know that it's time for her to have a tune up with you. Yes. So she... Right now, Dr. Nels has his hands on Leia, who's on the table right now, and she's just holding still. She knows what's going on. She's yeah, she's a she's a trooper. She she's, knows she knows what to do, and she's a pro. She's got it figured out. So, what can you explain? You know, what it is that you know in in how you explain it, what yeah. it is what's that's happening. going on. Yeah. <laughs> so what's happening is, uh, she first of all, what we found with Leia is fairly typical in that there was a kind of a if. You have sensible, there are sensitive fingers. You can find uh, tight areas along the spine, and she had a pretty good knot on the right side of her neck about midway. Mm -hmm. And that's an indication that there's an energy blockage there. And so by using this bioenergetic synchronization technique, what we're doing is we're finding these areas of blockage, and we're connecting the dots. Essentially, we're finding two on one side of the body. We connect them, wait for pulses to occur, and when that happens... We know that an energy shift has just happened, and now the brain and body are communicating better. Mm -hmm. And when they communicate better, then the part of the brain that runs the muscles in this case, uh, which is the cerebellum, for those of you who understand uh, neuroanatomy, the cerebellum will reset the tone on the muscles, balance the tone between right and left side, and if the bone needs to go back into a better position, it will. Usually what needs to happen more than that is that the the muscles need to relax and allow normal movement to occur mm -hmm. so that then the nerve impulses can get through that area. Mm. So it's it, you know kind of a complicated explanation <laughs> I suppose <laughs> in a nutshell. Um it's so interesting. I mean I I've said this on the show so many times when I'm in a conversation of this nature how fascinated I am by how the body works and how everything is so connected and 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 all and all that we really you know all that we understand and then and then all that we really don't under you know all right. the, the questions that are still there and 
just how incredible everything is and how everything works together is just so fascinating to me. Well, and, you know, to, to look at what I'm doing, most people, if they just saw me doing it, they would say, well, you know, he's just resting his hands lightly on the animal. How could that do anything? Right. It's it's not it's not necessarily what you do. It's what you know sometimes. Yeah. Um, so and the thing that I noticed, I remember the first time that you worked on Leia was that her, I no, did notice also that her back was a little bit like hunched. There was right. a little bit of a, an arch to it. Right. And I could see her spine, you know, her little bump, the little spine bump bumps. sticking up yeah. more, yeah. And then I remember no, right after you worked with her, still in the booth, like right after you took your hands off of her, basically I noticed that her back looked looked flatter. Yes. And then I said, well, the real test will be when we get home to see what she does with the steps. And sure enough, she just right up the steps without hesitation. Yeah. Um, So that's great. And then um, our female cattle dog is also here. And then I also have our male lab with us. So Telly is our cattle dog and JJ is our lab. Telly's eight years old. And she recently has some sort of I think probably her back, but, you know, who knows where she thought was maybe a little stiff, but still, you know, running normally and still doing everything normally and not not really showing too much behavioral change. And then at one point she tried to jump up on the bed and she didn't make it all the way. Yeah. And because we got a, a new bed, so the bed is higher than it was and... She didn't make it all the way and like fell back and yeah. landed pretty hard on the floor. And so I don't know if she was already compromised because she couldn't make it all the way up or if it was that spill that caused her to kind of tweak out or both. Um, but, you know, since so we took her to our vet and she's on like an anti-inflammatory now, but um, she definitely, I think, is in need of yeah. some. So I'll be curious to hear. Well, Leah's done. She's done. She is done. Good girl. She's all tuned up and happy. Okay. (laughs) So I'll get Leia. Could you grab her leash down there, Dr. Nels? I'll hold her. And so we'll just get Leia down off of, since she's a dachshund, she's not tall enough to just be (laughs) on the ground. So down goes Leia. And now next is Telly. Hey, Telly. You can grab, grab her leash. Okay. Oh, JJ's wanting to butt in. You got to wait your turn, bud. <laughs> it is kind of a. It's a little bit of a goat rodeo in here today. <laughs> uh. So yeah. So Telly's got a tweaked back. So Doctor Nels is gonna start in on her and uh, his website. If you want to check his work out, is www.nelshealingministry.com. JJ wants to take over the show. Yeah, he does. He's butting in. <laughs> Glad I brought him. Come here, boy. So Nels, N-E-L-S, <laughs> healingministry.com. And so Dr. Nels is tuning into Telly right now and seeing what all he finds with her. So I found trouble on her left side. Okay. In her neck or back? Uh, well, both, but mostly her neck again. <laughs> It is a rodeo here. It is. Is it always a neck? Because uh, I've heard you say that pretty much every time, that it's like a neck connection. The, the blockage that occurs in the neck is, uh, is, is incredibly common. It's number one. Yeah. 
We get there. We are. <laughs> We're a little clunky here today. It's I, I all think, right. <laughs> I think we got a microphone within range. It's not the norm on the dog show here. Yeah. Yeah, we need uh, mobile headsets. <laughs> yeah. Or just less dogs, no dogs as normal. Okay, so I remember you said one time that it almost, like, one way that you describe it is almost like when you're feeling for these tight spots that it's almost like your fingers kind of, like, stick. Yes, there's a there's a certain sticky quality. When you get real sensitive to uh, to the energy that flows along the surface of the body, uh, what happens is you'll feel places if you slide your hands along. And some people are naturally sensitive and they could do it. They could just slide their hand along somebody's back or wherever and they could feel a spot that felt different for no very good reason other than it just seems kind of sticky. Yeah. And that's the uh, where an energy place, uh, essentially what's usually happening there is it's a low energy point. And so uh, you might say it's kind of like uh, in air hockey. If you turn the air hockey machine off, those little discs won't move very well. Uh-huh. So you you know you would stick to it. Okay. And it's kind of similar, you know, analogy to that. Could you also say that you're just sort of like drawn to those areas like as another way of putting it where you're just kind of like, "Ooh, I'm sort of my my finger just wants to kind of hang out here." Is yes, that what you that's, kind of mean by sticky? Right. Yeah, yeah, that's another thing is is sometimes I feel like I'll come to a spot and my finger will will stick to the point where it almost feels like back in high school I was taking arc welding and mm. You'd, you'd touch the uh, the little rod, little welding rod to the item, and there'd be this current running through. And if you didn't move it just right, it would stick. And mm. you'd have to essentially break it loose. And I sometimes feel like that's what I'm finding, mm. places that where my finger sticks so bad I can't take it off if I want to. That's interesting. Now, how long have um, – so you, you know, went through like a training to learn this technique, but it sounds like – because I know your sister Linda does this – for people. Right, right. And yes, there's a training process that we go through uh, to learn how to do this with people. And the the people that have taught this, developed this over the last 40 years for people, has also uh, recently developed it for animals. Now, I've been doing it on animals for about 15 years. So mm-hmm. so they're kind of, they're a little bit behind the ball that way. But they're since they're the ones who are sort of in charge of the bioenergetic synchronization technique, right. they're the ones who are uh, trained to certify the teachers, and, mm-hmm. and then the teachers can certify the people who who learn how to do this from them. So what kind of, um, no, I know you work on all types of animals, horses, dogs, cats, and what are the sort of um, reasons, you know, I've got two dogs here that have what I think is some sort of back pain um, or neck pain or, you know, whatever, some sort of muscle pain, and then I brought JJ in because, um, and I'll talk about him when you get to him, but for sort of a recent phobia that he developed that we've made progress with working with him with, you know, just behavior and training. But I thought, well, what the heck? Because sometimes you've described it as almost like the body can get stuck in fight or flight. Right. And actually, that is a large part of what occurs in every case, no matter what kind of symptom is resulting is the first thing that happens is some stress occurred that causes a fight-or-flight response. Mm. And when the body gets stuck on that, then it impedes healing, and it also uh, can impede things like digestion. You can think of it this way. If you're running from a bear, you don't have time to uh, chew and swallow your food and digest it. Mm -hmm. 
What happens in the body when it gets in that fight or flight mode? Well, the, uh, the, there's two parts of what's called the autonomic nervous system, and one of them is called the sympathetic or the fight or flight system. And so it revs up uh, everything related to fight or flight. So basically the muscular system okay. gets revved up, and at the same time it shuts down the opposite, which is the rest, digest, and heal system. Mm. So there are two sides. It's kind of like a balance scale, and they have to work you know, one in opposition to the other. And they should be able to do that, but what happens frequently is uh, people or animals get stuck in fight or flight. Mm-hmm. So something intense happens that's perceived as, and people, so what way are people different? Because it seems like people really get get that fight or flight response to, yeah, you get a letter. You're not actually running from a bear. Right. You get a letter but, from the IRS. Exactly. <laughs> so you see an envelope. For example. And you go into fight or oh, flight. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, exactly. It's it's emotional con- connections for people. That's the number one thing is uh, we we make these emotional associations to events. And so you can get a piece of paper in the mail and you, you'll have the same physical response as being chased by a bear. And so it's interesting to think of that. So, you know, dogs don't have any uh, um, experience of, you know, things like the IRS or, you know, whatever. But they certainly do experience emotion and and I think are capable of experiencing emotional trauma. Yeah. So that so an emotional experience could could I would think get a dog stuck just in a in a more, I guess, maybe pure way? Yeah, it, well, it can happen. It's a lot less common, and it's a lot more basic. With people, when we do the work on people, as uh, you know from your experience, mm-hmm. uh, there's we have a chart that has 70 negative and 70 positive words on it, and we work from so a broad base of emotions. With animals, I have found it's a lot more basic, like things like uh, the feeling of being good, that dogs in particular <laughs> want hmm. to be good. Hmm. And so when something happens and they feel like they're not being good, that becomes an emotional issue for them. So that's I found that as probably the most common emotional issue for dogs anyway. Okay. Yeah. And so yeah, there are there are some emotional responses. All right, it's time for JJ. Time for JJ. Okay, so will you hand me Telly's leash? Okay. There's Telly's leash, Thank and you. I've got JJ here. And we'll... So JJ is my three-year-old male yellow JJ. lab, my baby boy, and he's you know young, healthy dog, no problems, no issues, and all of a sudden, on uh, it was New Year's Eve, like day afternoon, um, Darcy, my wife, was making soup. And she was um, making three different soups all from scratch and was cooking on the stove and had the fan on. And J.J. like took off for the other end of the house. Yeah. And we were like, what the heck is wrong with him? Like he's down at the end of the hall. He won't come to, you know, we're trying to call him. He won't come out of nowhere. He's three years old, almost three. So, yes. So then... We were like, what could have caused this? Because we hadn't had any, like, s- cooking, smoke, smoke detector goes off. Like, that's a kind of a common thing that I've run into in my work with working with behavior is that sometimes, like, 
the smoke alarm or the house alarm goes off right. and it freaks the animals out. And then any any beeping sound or any time you're cooking or there's smoke, they get nervous because they associate it. I should get my, uh, <laughs> I need to make sure I get my camera to take some pictures of you. <laughs> JJ's being kind of a clown right now. He is. He's a, he's a, he's a handful and a half is yeah. what he is. He's <laughs> goofy. So uh, what, the only thing that we could think of was that on Christmas Eve night, we were opening some presents and some wrapping paper caught on fire from a candle that we had on the table. Oh, wow. <laughs> and um, I think it was actually of concern to me that the smoke detectors didn't go off. I was like, <laughs> great, that's nice because they are there. Um, but it was kind of, I mean, nothing happened and, you know, we were able to deal with it. But it was scary. We were both pretty scared. And I was just wondering, I think we turned on the fan to the stove after that happened to help air it out. And that was kind of the only thing that I could think of that maybe he, he he's really sensitive, very yeah. emotionally sensitive. So I was wondering if maybe that's what triggered that was it's, that memory of that experience. It sounds pretty plausible. They, uh, you know, they. The interesting thing about animals is they don't seem to want to make the associations you want them to make. <laughs> yeah. But in a situation that seems like an emergency, they will quickly make some associations, and. Uh, those can become fairly permanent unless, you know, something comes along to give them a reason to, to uh, drop it. And right. we call it in the, in the people world subconscious emotional memory override. Hmm. So it's, in other words, locked into subconscious. It's a memory and it overrides the normal process of functioning. Subconscious emotional memory override. Right. And actually, I did find that uh, that he has some of that. And sure enough, it's around the word good. So something may have made him feel somehow responsible <laughs> for the excitement that day. And so the fan may be just a cue, you know, to set him off thinking, you know, that it's all happening. And, it, and it's, it's no longer something he thinks about. It just happens. It's in his unconscious response. Yeah. So uh, anyway, I'm resetting him. And... Uh, I'm I'm thinking and feeling and occasionally saying good mm-hmm. because good is what his unconscious needs to know while I'm putting this uh, energy balance back in and switching his fight or flight off. Hmm. Uh, if he replaces negative associations with the feeling of good, then he won't tend to recreate that problem. So is this something that's pretty much always occurs as a result of some acute event yeah, that would probably be the best way to put it. Now, with with people, well, and probably with animals too, but especially with people, a prolonged low-level stress, but prolonged over a long period of time, can have the same effect. Okay. And uh, from a physical standpoint, doing things repetitively, having a repetitive motion, uh, can cause essentially the brain to throw some switches to say, well, I'm just going to you know, have the body ready to do this all the time. So now you've essentially, not only do you ha- have the muscles developing a little bit differently from one side to the other, but you have the brain throwing switches to just help enhance that effect. So uh, so I, I see people in my office all the time who have got basically one side of their body works and one side doesn't. And hmm. uh, at least, you know, a fair percentage of the time, they have a repetitive motion that they do because of their work or something. Oh, I see. Gosh, it's just, uh, again, such an interesting thing to think about how the body works and how 
everything is connected and and how the body doing its best to compensate or predict sometimes actually gets in its own way or we get in our own way. Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it because essentially what's happened is the part of the brain that runs the show is uh, is preparing for the next time, <laughs> trying to predict. Yeah. So constant constant repetition. So for dogs, do you, do you see this kind of thing with um, like people who do like competitive agility or you know anything like that? Well, on occasion, uh, the agility situation um, when we get animals that have to do a lot of uh, running, jumping, and twisting, and, you know, they're, they're moving in ways that may not be uh, normal in every respect, or they might even, you know, run into things because they're moving so fast. Uh, they, can, they can essentially cause themselves to reset their program for uh, a high-energy burst and also for... Uh, Probably the best way to put it is is for an activity that that might be unaccustomed, so the body has to gear up extra special for it, and so it gets locked into that mode. Hmm. What is um? What are some other like? I know I've seen some some videos that you've posted of dogs, oftentimes long backed dogs who like were even paralyzed. Yeah, corgi I think was one. And then <coughs> right, dachshund was another several one? several dachshunds. Yeah, and you over the course of time with consistent. Um, work with these animals have actually, in some cases, gotten them to walk again. Right. I think we have five or six uh, paralyzed dog videos. Um, so most of them are paralyzed in the back end, but we had one uh, chihuahua recently that was paralyzed in the front end. And so he would walk, he would take about three steps and then fall flat on his face because his front legs barely worked and he couldn't get them to keep up with the rest I've of never, his body. I've never heard of that. Yeah, it was really, I've never seen it in all 35 years of wow. <laughs> seeing animals and people. So, uh, yeah, it, it, that was really unusual. But the beauty, beautiful thing was in about, uh, well, it took four visits over the course of two months, and uh, he was absolutely perfectly fine. He was, hmm. in fact, I... I on my video, it's called Ozzy's Obvious Problem on my testimonial page on the NelsHealingMinistry.com website. Mm-hmm. And you can see where I slowed the video down so you could see how he was not able to use his front end. And then afterwards, we took a, a post video, and you can see him just absolutely pranting with his front legs way out in front and way up high, which he couldn't hardly lift him off the ground before. Wow. Right after the treatment? Well, no. It took, it took four months to get that good. Oh, Okay. Um, and or that two, two months, four treatments, two months, four yeah. treatments, two months. And so you work in, um, the greater Seattle area Yeah, and you come down, uh, about once every couple weeks. Yeah. Every two weeks on Tuesdays, I'm in the Seattle area. Every other week I'm up in the Bellingham area. And if someone, okay. And if someone wants to contact you for services, how do they do that? Uh, they can go to my website or which uh, again that's nelshealingministry.com or they can call my phone number which is 425-238-2668 okay so with JJ I notice he was sort of flopping all over at first and now he's you he, he just took his hands you just took your hands off of him and and he was like uh 
What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he had, uh, he calmed down pretty quickly after I got the first set of points to start pulsing. That's yeah. an indication that it's all starting to work. And right away, he seemed to go, oh, this is, this is good. I'll just hang out here now yeah. instead of all the goofy stuff he was doing before. Do you see that a lot where the dogs are a little moving around a little bit and then they just kind of yeah they they, like they land. yeah they just let go they let it happen yeah. uh, i've even had them absolutely go to sleep within within just like 2 minutes mm. sound asleep mm-hmm. so yeah when they're especially if they've been stuck in fight or flight for a long time yeah they they can they can pass they're right they're just out. like oh <laughs> i'm like finally let go yeah what are some other um reasons why somebody you know some other good from your perspective like common um ailments or situations that an animal might be in where you would be like, yes, this person should get in touch. I I bet I can help them. Yeah. Well, you know, one that I've seen commonly and I only was sort of recently reminded of it was that um, it seems like a lot of cats have uh, irritable bowel syndrome or diarrhea or something like that. So with cats, uh, that's been a fairly common problem that has responded really well. Mm -hmm. So in other words, it's something that seems kind of different than, you know, the musculoskeletal problems. Uh, more of an internal organ type situation. But the reason that I believe that we get just as good a results with that as other things is because, again, the fight or flight system, it gets out of balance and then your digestive system doesn't work properly. Yeah. It just affects everything. Right. And I don't remember what you said when you were working with Telly. Did you feel anything on her? Oh, yes. She was uh, kind of almost like a mirror of Leia. She had most of her problem on the opposite side of her body, but she had a big old knot on the left side of her neck. Okay. And she was also very sensitive right at the bottom of her rib cage on both sides, which is an indication that the energy probably wasn't moving very well past there, so her back end was getting weak. Uh So we uh, reset that and... (laughs) <laughs> no, she's, she's passed out she's now passed too. passed out down there on the Every, floor. It's a much calmer <laughs> booth now than it was when we first got in. We were all banging around. <laughs> I'm like, hand me the leash. Uh, yeah. Everybody's chill now and uh, yeah, and nice and relaxed. So that's awesome. So I've had um, Dr. Nels has treated my dachshund Leia a few times now, all very successfully. And then um, now Telly and JJ. So thank you so much for You're welcome. seeing everybody. And it really works. It's, it is uh, hard to describe um, if for nothing else because probably most people don't have the level of education that you have of the way that the central nervous system and affects the rest of the body and the right. communication of the brain and all that. So even when you do put it into words that we have established in our language, it's another thing for someone to be able to follow along with what you're saying just as a matter of education. But what I can say is that I notice that what what the dogs experience before gets released after your treatments. Yeah. And so that's what matters to me. And I can follow you a little bit, but um, it really is incredible. So, you know, if you have a an animal that you think could benefit from Dr. Nels, or even if you have questions about it, just get in touch with him and um, see if it's a good fit. And if it is, then make an appointment. And how can people get in touch with you again? Okay. You can uh, either contact me through the contact uh, information on Nels. uh, Let's go with Mm www.nelshealingministry.com. Or the phone number again is 425-238-2668. 
Okay. And I've posted your website, a link to your website on our homepage as well. So if somebody's listening while driving and wants to get in touch but um, can't write it down, you can always go to our our website, dogradioshow.com. And um, Dr. Nell's uh, website is right there on the um, blog. There's a link there to you. All right. So. Excellent. So uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, I'll be talking with Eric about his new dog. They have a new addition to their family, so uh, I think at least we'll find out how it's all going, and if Eric has any questions for me about training and behavior, I will answer those gladly. And uh, thanks again, Dr. Nels, for being here. Always a pleasure to see you. You're welcome. So we'll take a quick break. We'll be back in just a few minutes. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Hey, dog show fans. Does something stink in your home or car? Pure Air is a powerful odor eliminator that is the only natural food-grade product in its category. It works on bedding, kennels, litter boxes, urine, vomit, poop, even skunk spray. You know, all the fun smells our pets bring into our home. It's so non-toxic that you can literally eat it, a requirement for our home and our dogs. Spray pure air on anything you can put water on and let your nose watch the odor disappear. Ask for pure air in stores that specialize in natural, non-toxic products for home. Or visit dogradioshow.com for a link to their website. I'm Julie Forbes, your host of The Dog Show. Pure air is the only odor eliminator you'll find in my home. You'll love it. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, thanks in part to Northwest School of Animal Massage, we cover the world of animals. This week, January 25th, the show will be partially preempted due to sports. We'll air from 9 to 10.30, and it's your chance to hear an encore presentation of the recent interview with Aline Fortgang from Friends of Woodland Park Zoo Elephants. Hear the latest on the zoo's plan to close the elephant exhibit and why it's so important they go to a sanctuary. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, 9 to 10.30, this Sunday, right here on Alternative Talk, AM 1150. This is Julie Forbes, dog training, behavior, and nutrition specialist and owner of Sensitive Dog, thoughtful guidance for you and your dog. If your dog needs basic obedience training, a behavior evaluation, or food consultation, I can help you. Call me at 206-372-7399 or visit my website, www.sensitivedog.com. I teach group obedience classes, in-home lessons, and evaluations, and a two-week intensive training program called Higher Education. Again, I'm Julie Forbes, Seattle's dog behavior training and nutrition specialist, www.sensitivedog.com. Wish your dog didn't hate going to the vet? Wish you were welcomed by a team who cared? Jet City Animal Clinic is an enjoyable respite from the same old thing. Dr. Anderson and her team have created a full-service facility that combines veterinary expertise with a comfortable style. Jet City Animal Clinic is located in Seattle's Capitol Hill neighborhood on 12th Avenue across from Seattle U. Bring your crazy questions, odd ideas, and alternative thinking. Jet City Animal Clinic will work with you to keep your furry family members healthy and happy. Traditionally educated with an open mind, call us at 206-329-0253 or email info at jetcityanimalclinic.com to make an appointment. Jet City Animal Clinic, a unique approach to the health care of your urban pet, a local family practice. 
JetCityAnimalClinic.com. There's nothing else like it on the dial. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. I see your face and sense the grace and feel the magic in Welcome back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. And if you're just tuning in, you missed the first half. We had Dr. Nels Rasmussen back in the booth with us. He was giving all of my, well, three of my five dogs some treatment. Leia right now is sneaking over. <laughs> and to they sn- are in the booth and they're kind of say hi to Eric. running around here. Yeah, a little bit. Leia. Hey, Leia. All right, there she is. So, yeah, we have three dogs in the booth with us today, which we don't really ever have dogs with us, rarely, only a handful of times in the past six years. I like to think that they're at home listening into the show, though. Well, (laughs) we've had a lot of people that I've interviewed who've had their dogs, of course, with them, authors and directors of various organizations. You know, sometimes pe- a lot of times when I like meet somebody at somewhere kind of random and I tell them that I have a radio sh- you know, like the dog show and it's a radio sh- talk radio show all about dogs. And then they, they love to make the comment, like, is it for the dogs? You know, like as if the radio show is for dogs. Right. Like, is there? Is it by and for dogs? It's, <laughs> no. No. <laughs> it's for no, people. About dogs. The people that love them. Yeah. So I just want to make a quick announcement, and then I want to talk to Eric about your new edition. Uh, so I did get an email. Uh, there's an event coming up. It's in March, but it's a big, um, big event for Positive Alliance, and they are celebrating their 10th birthday and doing a benefit for, um, let's see, there's going to be raffles appetizers, dinner buffet and drinks, chocolate tastings, live and silent auctions, um, table seating for all guests. And they organize um, adoption events and they kind of organize um, different rescue groups in the area, Positive Alliance. And it's March 14th from 5.30 to 9 p.m. at the Swedish Club on Dexter Avenue in Seattle, and uh, you can go to positivealliance.org for more information. And that is positive, P-A-W-S-I-T-I-V-E, alliance.org. So positive, as in the paw of a dog. So let's see. Um, sponsors of this event, Canine Behavior Center, Cascade Kennels, Seattle Dog Spot, and you can go to positivealliance.org for more information about this event. Um, so, Eric, it was a couple weeks ago now that uh, you let me know that you and Jess and Abby the Beagle and your yes. cats mm-hmm. welcomed a new dog into your family. That's right. Sammy? Her name is Sammy, yeah. And do you know what kind of dog she is? Well, I've been told that she's a half Border Collie, half Basset Hound. You can really see the border collie. The basset hound seems to be more subtle in her, except for maybe she has the uh, like the Dr. Seuss style feet. <laughs> if huh. you know what I mean, uh-huh. where they're kind of pointed out. Yeah. So, usually a basset hound mix. Usually the basset isn't terribly subtle. 
Mm. But well, you never know. That's just what we've been told. Of yeah. course, she's about, I think she's about six or seven years old. So, okay. uh, you know, she hasn't been with us the whole time. What happened yeah. was uh, Jess's grandfather passed on. And oh, so uh, Sammy needed a, a new home. And uh, we tried to find a new home. But it often, often happens in these kind of situations when you take in, you know, a, a foster <laughs> animal to, uh, you know, until they can find a home, you end up being the one that right. says, you know what, I'm too attached uh, yeah. now to this. I don't know anything about that animal. with our five, <laughs> with our five dogs. I don't know what you're talking about. So, um, so how is it going? I think you said that, um, you know, so this is something she's, you know, Sammy is going, you know, gone through a transition. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, her previous owner passed away and is yeah. now, you know, relocated. And and I think she only lived with him for a year. So okay. we're probably third or fourth in the line of homes okay. for her. Okay. So. And so she's about six years old? I think so. Okay. And so how's it going? Again, How- it's hard because we can't like just right. count her rings or something like a tree <laughs> <Right>. or something. <laughs> but we think she's about six years old. Okay. And so far, so good. Um, it started off just a little rough because she was kind of rambunctious and was trying to herd the cats, and the cats didn't like that, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, now she seems to have mellowed down, uh, mellowed out quite a bit, and uh, we're able to kind of keep her uh, in check. And uh, seems to be pretty good. We uh, we call her Bat Dog uh, just as a joke because her markings on her head look like the Batman mask. Uh-huh. It's all black, you know, and yeah. her ears are black and, you know, she's, her eyes aren't covered, obviously, but right. she's got the Batman mask and the way she talks sounds like Christian Bale oh. in the Dark Knight movies. The citizens of Gotham, you know. So so that's, and I I try very hard to enunciate the at in bat dog so she doesn't think I'm calling her a bad dog. Oh, yes. But... She seems to be okay with it. So, but we're having fun. But, but the problem we ran into uh, last week is she actually hopped out of our backyard and took off and was wandering the neighborhood. Mm. Now, luckily, a good Samaritan found her and took her to the Humane Society. So, oh. the next morning, we were able to bail her out of doggy jail. Yeah. And uh, she's been back and good with us. And I fixed our fence so that mm-hmm. couldn't happen again. But, yeah, so little challenges here and there, but overall, it's it's she's been a good addition to the home. Yeah. So. And how is Abby the Beagle adjusting to another canine? Well, they seem to be very friendly with each other, which mm-hmm. is nice. There hasn't been any aggression between the two of them, mm-hmm. um, which is nice to see. Uh, it might have happened if they were either one of them was a little bit younger, but uh, they seem to be happy with each other. But Abby's been doing something uh, lately, which is kind of piddling <laughs> in the house, um, which obviously we frown on. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so she's been finding like rooms that uh, we're not in and kind of, you know, pushing the door open and going in and uh, having a whiz. And uh, so I, I don't know if that's related to having the uh, Did it new dog start in there. after Sammy came? She had done it before, but only if, you know, she had been left by herself and uh, she needed to go, you know, Mm -hmm. because we don't have a doggy door, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, But now she's doing it when we're home. Mm -hmm. So um, 
makes me wonder if yeah. that plays into it at all. Well, it's interesting. I just was meeting with a client yesterday about um, this dog has sort of quote unquote separation anxiety. And, and I do actually think that she actually has separation anxiety. Sometimes dogs are labeled with that when it's actually not separation anxiety technically. But anyway, she will go and pee or poop um, in the upper level or lower level of the house sometimes when left alone. <laughs> and she also can be destructive and, some, you know, she's she has a clear history of not being happy when she's left alone. And it's sort of... Um, also a female, and um, you know, was just having this conversation yesterday about talking and thinking about all the reasons why a dog might have an accident, and that it's not a, it's not an issue of house training. Mm-hmm. The dog knows and usually does go to the bathroom outside, but then, so like, you know, you talking about Abby, like, she has had a history of making mistakes in the house but it it seems like it was she was upset by something and so that's like a way that that's expressed and i don't think that it's i don't i don't think that it's necessarily like to get back at you and right. I, I don't think that they generally do that anyway at least not in the way that we make it sound but more that that it's like uh there's upset and that somehow, in some cases, that's the way that it comes out. And also, with a new dog in the house, she may be marking where it's, you know, there is that upset, there is that adjustment. It doesn't mean that she's not going to get through it or that something's wrong, but just kind of appreciating what everybody goes through during a transition. You know, it's an adjustment for everybody, mm-hmm. whether it be a move or a separation or bringing in a new dog into the house or a new pet or whatever. So for Abby, she may be part of instinctively what's motivating her to do that. Maybe that she's just marking like mm. this is my area. This is my area. this, you know, like in a way that's almost insecure. Mm. That makes sense. Right. So it can help to, um, you know, close off if there's if there's predictable places where she goes to not give her access to those. You said she's doing it when. She's home when you guys are home. Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, putting up a gate and just keeping her in with you where you guys are hanging out so that she's not sneaking off. And then always when there's transition going on, always a good idea to help all the dogs adjust is to just work with her. Does she have any basic training? Yeah, I think so. Sit down, yeah, oh, yeah, whatever, She's good right? With all that stuff. So, just like on a daily basis, just take even like five minutes and just like run her through her commands, engage her brain. Um, have I ever talked to you about the find it game? Uh, I think you've talked about it on the show before, okay? So, and she's a scent hound, but really, dogs any dog is great at this game because it's asking them to do something that they're really made to do that they all have in common, which is to use their nose to find something that they want. Mm -hmm. So just placing little bits of treat that have a scent to them, like a soft treat, and just placing little bits of them around the house. And if you're first teaching the dogs how to play it, you would have like 
either you or just like hold the dogs and then have them go one at a time, but have them watch you like maybe in a hallway or like a stretch of open wall, just place like a line of treats down the hall and let them watch you. And then and then let one of them go and say, OK, find it. And then she may or may not just go and eat up all the treats or you might let her go. And oh, she yeah, just she... looks at you like what? <laughs> She's about as food motivated right. as any dog has ever been. Yeah. Typical with scent hounds. Um, but then, you know, to where you build her up. So if that's easy, then you can be like, OK, well, that was easy for you. So now I'm going to put the treats fewer and far between. So more space in between them. Um, and then lead her into different areas of your living space so that eventually you increase the search bubble so that you're eventually using your entire living space. And then it, the value of this game is that it engages their brain. It gives them a constructive outlet for their mental energy, um, which has a really can have a really, really powerful like ripple effect on other things. So it's like, OK, you're you may be feeling some upset because of the adjustment. We've got a new dog in. It's another female. It's an adult. Maybe she's feeling some competition with that or whatever, which would be expected. Um, so let's sort of beef up some other areas of your life and add some more positive to help maybe compensate for one area where she's feeling stress. So you're not directly addressing... A house training, although it's not house training, but like a behavioral house training issue or whatever. But you're just trying to kind of smooth things out over in other areas and add in some more positive. And it also gives her some structure, you know, training or or giving her work to do. It has just this really nice calming grounding effect on dogs in general. So the more that you can do that, of course, you know, make sure that everybody's getting Plenty of exercise, you know, physical exercise and mental exercise. So the mm. more of that you can do, especially, I mean, day to day in general, but especially during transitions or adjustments, it's really important to make sure that those are really strong and in place for them because it helps them. Um, you know, if you do like frozen Kongs with uh you know like do you know what a kong is yes it's like a bul bulbous yeah. most people know what a kong is like the original kong it's kind of a hard rubber yeah. ball like, that you put looks like a beehive kind of yeah yeah so you can stuff those so like i like to take like natural pet pantries either raw or cooked frozen food thaw it out stuff the kong and then freeze it and then you give it to the dogs and they are they go nuts. Our dogs go nuts for them. So it's just like something that takes in because it's frozen. It takes them time to work it out. So they're sort of doing work anywhere that you can find a way to give the dogs some sort of work to do. That one's not terribly thought provoking, just eating a delicious filling out of a Kong. But it is something that when you're home, if it's a time, you know, if it's if it's usually in the evening when you find that she goes potty somewhere, sneaks off and goes potty, mm -hmm. to try to set her up so that she, one, doesn't have access to those areas, but then also fill that space with time and space with things that are engaging her or that are positive for both of them, too. Yeah. Our, <clears throat> our other thinking on this whole potty issue has been that uh, we've had a lot of wind and rain lately and she mm -hmm. does not like to go out and get wet <laughs> or, uh, or have cold wind so yeah. we're thinking that she may just be because she's getting older like 
nuts to this. Lazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Being lazy. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, and also just to say too, in case anyone's, you know, listening who has a dog with some house training stuff is to, you know, it's always a good idea to keep like a urinary tract infection on your radar mm, and maybe right. have the, have your vet um, just check your dog's urine and make sure that there's not like a bladder infection or something like that going on. Cause those types of things can certainly be caused by uh, medical conditions as well. So it's probably a good thing to run it by your vet too, especially if it doesn't get better or um, maybe even just off the bat to make sure that it's not something like that. But if it started to come up, it would make sense to me that it started, if it did start when Sammy came, right. that she's going off and peeing, especially when she has a, a history of kind of doing that when things are off a little bit, that would make sense. So we just kind of want to, steer her away from that with things that I mentioned. And I'll look forward to hearing some updates from you as time passes. It generally takes, um, how long have you had Sammy? Uh, we've had her since um, right around Christmas time. Okay. Yeah. So about a month, almost a month? Yep. Okay. So one thing to know too, if you're bringing in a, a new dog or um, that there's like a two to four week adjustment period for the new dog as well. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times you'll, the dog will start to do things for better or for worse after two to four weeks, just because they're kind of in survival mode when they first arrive at a new mm-hmm. place. So, yeah. um, so she'll, Sammy will also continue to settle in too, but I'm glad that she's laying off the cats. <laughs> That's good. Yes. Yeah. 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 I think uh, the cats have started to assert themselves with her. And I think, then she's starting to learn like, oh, okay. that's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with some closing thoughts. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. The Natural Pet Pantry is Seattle's original source for wholesome dog and cat meals, offering eight different protein options to accommodate your pet's dietary needs. Made locally using all U.S. sourced ingredients, their freshly ground stews, raw or cooked, can be purchased from their two stores in Burien and Kirkland, most independent pet supply stores, or delivered right to your door. Go to naturalpetpantry.com for more information. I'm Julie Forbes, and my first choice for my pet's food is the Natural Pet Pantry. It's the educated choice. Conversations Live with Vicki St. Clair discusses issues that are important to you, like good health and well-being, finding a new job and building your business, overcoming life's big challenges and making sense out of chaos, and living with passion and joy. Join us Mondays at noon Pacific for Conversations Live with Vicki St. Clair. See conversationslive.net for show schedule and guest information. Pure Air's powerful formula lets you eliminate pet odors safely. It's strong enough to effectively get rid of smells like urine, plus stronger odors like those that can be caused by illness. Pure Air is safe enough to spray directly onto people, animals, or use in the bath or laundry. Pure Air is perfect for dealing with dire situations, refreshing your dog between baths, or just before company comes. Pure Air is the most effective product you can buy to remove stinky pet odors safely. Find it at stores like Mud Bay, McClendon's, and Natural Pet Pantry, or visit their website, pureair.com. That's pure, A-Y-R-E, dot com. I'm Julie Forbes, host of The Dog Show. Pure Air is the only odor eliminator you'll find in my home. You'll love it. 
Don't forget, this is Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Welcome back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Man, that's an old one, huh? Bat dog. (laughs) Bat dog. Yeah, hearing that music kind of (laughs) brings me way back. Are you a are you a football fan, Eric? Uh, not really. Yeah, <laughs> if I'm honest. But I was thinking about you this week because I found out that your two teams are going to the Super Bowl, right? <sighs> that's right. Yeah. yeah, boy, that's got to be I tough. Grew up, you but know, exciting. Yeah, you know. Um, I, I guess either way, you're a winner. That I don't. I'm not in. A lot of people are like, "Ooh, that's a tough one." I'm like, "Are you kidding me? My two teams made it to the Super Bowl. I'm psyched." Um, I grew up about 20 minutes outside of Gillette Stadium, which is where the New England Patriots play. So I grew up in Massachusetts, born and raised, and then went to college in Vermont. So I am a a New England girl, but I have lived here for 13 years, plus 13 plus years. And I love my Seahawks. And this Seahawks team is so inspiring with their messages of you know believing in yourself and never giving up and working as a team and like I mean god they are like the feel-good team so um I'm psyched and I am everyone's like who you know and I am would prefer that the Seahawks win um but if they're gonna lose there they would lose to the team that I would want them to lose to so I would kind of just focus try to focus on um, celebrating my other team's victory, but I do live in this fine city of Seattle <laughs> that I adore, yeah. and uh, and uh, so it is. It is a big go Hawks for me. Yeah, so I've been seeing a lot of twelfth dog um, photos around social media. Uh, I posted one of them on our Facebook page. So if you are on Facebook, find us. Just search for the Dog Show with Julie Forbes, and um, all of our. 300 and today is 308, I think, uh, 308th episode of this show. Uh, they are all archived on our website, which is dogradioshow.com. Also as a free podcast on iTunes. And I also have a blog on my website, dogradioshow.com as well. And I have some really um, great articles that I'm going to be posting next week um, on the blog. So definitely check that out. Just go to dogradioshow.com, and uh, you can go to the blog page for the blog posts and also for contact information for any of our guests. Today we had on Dr. Nels, and so you can find his contact information, a link to his website through our blog as well. Um, And then, of course, iTunes. If you would like a car sticker, a dog show car sticker, they are free, and they're the oval logo that you'll see at the top of our website. Uh, just send me an email. You can email me host at dogradioshow.com or you can fill out through our contact page that you'd like a car sticker sent to you or maybe you'd like a few or maybe you'd like a bunch to display at your business, your dog-related business. So just get in touch. I'm happy to send you some of those too. Um, again, the website's dogradioshow.com. And I've got some great um, authors and um Dr. Gene Dodd's book about nutrigenomics has just come out, and I'm excited to have her back on the show after I have uh, dug through that book and um, some other great authors, lots to look forward to in 2015. So look forward to being back next Wednesday live from 2 to 3 p.m. Thanks for listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes.